So we have a promo code for this week's episode. It is uh, for our friends in all the way down in Miami, Florida. They have this cool like brew-based apparel. Cool. Allie, what are they called? They're called Brutiful Apparel. So it's kind of like beautiful, but instead of beau, it's brew. Yeah, and I'm actually wearing one of their shirts right now. I'm wearing my gray craft beer AF shirt right now, and I, I love it. Super comfortable, and it could be yours. <laughs> the from, one right off your back <laughs> it could be yours no no not the one i'm wearing because i need this it could be yours if you go to their website or their instagram at brutiful apparels or brutiful brutiful and use the promo code brew roots you can get some money off and get them on your back <sighs> <laughs> welcome to uh um, yep, here is uh here's season two yeah and, uh, so we are excited. I, I don't want to start on like we aren't. We aren't excited. We are just in a what is it, Allie? A funk, you'd say? I, uh, I think we're just kind of being poor sports. Maybe <sighs> that's what it is. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Well, our New England Patriots lost in the Super Bowl, and uh, yeah, you know what? We're just gonna move on from that subject and just get you know, <laughs> kind of explain who we are. I think we should move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we're brutes. Um, for those of you that listened last season, um, welcome back. Thank you. For those of you that are new, so excited that you're here. So yeah, welcome. Absolutely. My name is Matt, and I'm joined with Allie, my lovely, lovely co-host. Woohoo! Yeah. So um, if you haven't listened before, we're just a podcast that talks to brewers and about their story. It, it kind of started as a spinoff podcast. Um, we were doing beer reviews and then we decided, you know what, let's go talk to these guys. Like, let's make this better and let's make it more interesting. So we talked to brewers and, and get their story and get their background. They can talk about anything. It's, you know, there's no limit. We've been lucky enough to hear, you know, some of their brewers like favorite far-fetched ideas for a beer or what they did before there was a, they were a brewer. Yeah, definitely. There's a, there's a lot that goes into it and, and you realize it, you know, each and every interview, you realize it even more like you can have whatever background you want um, as long as you have the passion. And I think that's what a lot of them end up saying overall is like, you know, any advice for people out there and it's usually, you know, um, stick to your guns and just keep persevering. Yeah. We're really excited for the season because as you can probably hear, we sound a little bit better than last year. So we took a lot of your listener feedback. We got some new equipment and we have some pretty exciting guests coming up. I cannot contain my excitement for this season. I mean, really it's it's so cool we've already done a few interviews and uh we have a bunch on deck and <laughs> we've crossed um country lines state lines time zone lines so this week's episode we have steve sanderson from riverwalk brewing company and i'm so excited to share this story with you because i think it's just a cool one uh it, it's different than anyone else that we've interviewed before and um he's really happy with you know his brewery as he should be cool yeah so just remember um you can like us on instagram or actually i'm sorry follow us um at brew roots you can also check out our website brewroots.com um anything else yeah our podcast is available on uh apple podcast google play stitcher and our website brewroots.com please uh rate and subscribe if you like what you hear uh we can bring more content like this to you uh bi-weekly um and without further ado our friend Steve Sanderson from uh, Riverwalk Brewing Company. Enjoy. Cheers. Cheers. It worked. It worked. He just pressed a button. It worked and we liked it. Yes. All right. So welcome to Brew Roots. Uh, we're here with Steve Sanderson from Riverwalk Brewing. 
Hey, how are you? Welcome. Good. Good. Thank you for uh, having us. So we're in Uncle Bob's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is um, part of our new tap room here in Newburyport, and we actually have sort of a, a pub within a pub, if you will. This is Uncle Bob's, which is a smaller private room that we have available for rentals, events, things like that. And it's also just open um, when, we're, when we're busy yeah. for overflow space, but it's a little bit more intimate and has kind of a, an English pub vibe to it. Today's kind of an exciting day for you. You, you seem like pretty excited. Can you tell me why? I am. I'm excited because we're we're making an addition to our tap room that had been in the works for, for months now. This was originally part of our plan, but we're getting uh, some full-size arcade games and pinball machines set up. Yes. Yeah. So you were telling me about this a little bit, so I know. I already know. But... Uh Michael Jackson Moonwalker is like you're excited about the most, right? <laughs> yeah, we have we have a number of games coming in, but for for some reason Michael Jackson Moonwalker seems like the uh, the most interesting. It's a completely ridiculous game. For those of you who don't remember it, uh, you are Michael Jackson and you have to uh, uh, shoot magic stuff at, at bad guys and rescue children. And uh, Bubbles the Chimp shows up, and it's uh, it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. But we got a bunch of other games too that are a little bit more uh, mainstream, and a couple of pinball machines. And um, I'm excited to try them out. All right, so Steve, tell us about yourself, your role here at Riverwalk, and then your first memory of beer. So I am uh, one of the owners here. My wife and I, Betsy, are the primary owners of Riverwalk Brewing, and we have been since the beginning. We started uh, the brewery back in 2012, and Day to day, my role has changed as the company has grown. So I started off being the only employee and uh, doing everything. I was brewing beer, delivering beer, selling beer, filling growlers, cleaning kegs, basically doing it all. Uh, and that's kind of evolved uh, going to, going from that to essentially handling the operations and brewing, having other people doing sales uh, to the point at which I'm at now where I handle more of the business side and operations and still sort of direct the, um, you know, the direction and the growth of the company and like vision. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Vision, things like that. And um, kind of the, you know, the bigger picture stuff where uh, we wouldn't have time for me to do everything that needs to be done. So we have, uh, a uh, couple of brewers who are fantastic. Um, they deal with all the packaging, brewing. Uh, we have salespeople. We have people who work in the tap room. We have a marketing director. So uh, as the company grows, you know, you have to kind of offload some of those responsibilities. So it must feel it must feel good to not wear as many hats. It does, but what ends up happening is that the hats that you end up wearing are not the ones that you started, started out wearing. wearing. Yes, yeah, so sure. There are definitely days when I wish I was you know, stirring mashes yep. and cleaning kegs yeah. and cleaning <laughs> kegs as opposed to, you know, building spreadsheets and dealing with financing and licensing and permits and all that other stuff. But, you know, really, uh, the whole team here is fantastic and they all work together for the same goals and we have the same visions and, and, and drive. And so that's what makes it fun and, and rewarding. Yes. All right. So first memory of beer. It can be college, could be before. Uh, so the, I'll I'll give you the the first real memory I think of of beer that has stuck with me, and that was when I was fifteen. Uh, I went to the Czech Republic as part of a uh, theater company that was going to perform over there, and I was part of the technical crew, and so we went over a little bit early uh, before the actors and. We were supposed to get everything set up and you know check out the theater that we were performing at, and so we were there a few days early. And uh, it was Prague in 1993, and it was fantastic. And uh, 
there was beer everywhere and it was Pilsner. And I remember one of the older guys who I was with, you know, bought me a beer and it was just so fresh and delicious and didn't taste like anything that I would have expected. And it cost like 25 or 50 cents. And we were in these funky, like weird punk clubs and, uh, you know, I drank more beer <laughs> there than I probably should have, but it was, it was great. Um, and so I was lucky enough that I was able to travel to Europe a couple more times while I was in high school and kind of experience beer culture in uh, both the Czech Republic and Germany and kind of understand that perspective that we don't necessarily have here in the U.S. growing up and really kind of see where some of that stuff came from. So that's it's the first memory that I have that's, you know, really stuck with me. All right. So let's, let's talk about life just quickly before Riverwalk. What did you do? Uh, I did a number of things. Most recently before Riverwalk, I was a financial planner. Mm-hmm. So I had my own financial planning practice from 2000 to about 2008 and got into home brewing probably, I don't know, it's got to be. 12 years now plus something like that. Are you the type of guy that keeps your brew logs and everything? I do. I have uh, both electronic and paper records. <laughs> so you <laughs> know actually, exactly when you brewed and everything? I do. I do. Yeah, actually, we're going to be putting some of them up on the wall here in Uncle Bob's That's to cool. sort of commemorate so you can see the history. It's funny to look back at some of that stuff yeah. and see what I was doing then and how some of it's similar and some of it's different to what we're doing now. Cool. So how did you get into the beer business? How did you evolve from home brewing to... Oh, I think I want to do this for like a career or a job. Well, you know, it really kind of struck me because I, I enjoyed some of the things that I was doing in, in financial planning and some of them I, I didn't enjoy as much. And so I would find myself in my office working on brewing recipes and just thinking about what I was going to be brewing that weekend. And it started to take up more and more of my time. And I got to a point where I realized that that wasn't really doing anybody any good. And I should either make a change or kind of reprioritize my life a little bit. And I decided that I was going to make a change and get out of that industry. And I didn't know exactly how I was going to get into this industry. And I didn't have professional experience at the time. Uh, So I started by volunteering at a bunch of brew festivals and just trying to find any way that I could to get into the industry. Um, in 2010, I was on a reality show on the History Channel called I ask you all about that. History so cool. on, yeah, yeah. yeah, called History on Tap. And that was a really cool experience because we got to, uh, my partner and I uh, sort of won this challenge. Nobody's ever seen this show because it was only on once. <laughs> it was on the day after Christmas for like half an hour uh, in 2010. And but you won. Um, but we won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We won in the in the the, the episode was so good. They didn't need to like do another one. <laughs> we, yeah. we hit the pinnacle with that one yes, episode. Yeah. Everything else would have been downhill. Um, but we won and we got to brew a version of our winning beer at Harpoon Brewery and that gave me an insight into what professional brewing sort of looked like and also kind of demystified some of it. So I realized that it was something that I could do, but uh, you know, again, nobody would really hire me yeah. because I didn't have experience. So I decided I was going to do it yourself, do it myself. It's kind of amazing when you think about it, when you go from brewing five gallons and then you're like, Oh, I'm going to brew 200 gallons. The proportion isn't equal. Everything changes on that, that oh, level. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it's, you know, and it's, I think the other thing that people don't always consider when they make that change is that you've, 
you've turned it into a business now and that's a very there's all sorts of things that go along with that that have nothing to do with brewing whatsoever and it's all of that stuff that is the most difficult to learn and and kind of work through i think um it's in in a lot of ways it's easier to scale up a five gallon recipe to a 500 gallon recipe than it is to navigate you know the legalities and permitting and licensing financing the marketplace dealing with distributors all that sort of stuff yeah so Cool. I think this is a great segue for this. Uh, what has been the greatest challenge for starting, maintaining, and growing the brewery? Uh, I think the greatest challenge has been, you know, that's a good question. I'd say financing everything has been a, a challenge. Um, you know, that's just the kind of the nature of business that when you're a startup business, unless you have a bunch of money or have people who are willing to give you a bunch of money. Banks aren't necessarily going to lend you money. Um, so you have to find ways to be creative and to save money, do things yourself. And then as you grow, sort of learn how, how that financing works and what you're willing to do and not do. And, you know, um, whether you're going to sell equity in your company or try and borrow, uh, you know, that quite often has been the building block that the stumbling block, I should say, in, in a lot of our, our growth. And we found ways to, to make it work, but it's, it's difficult, especially as you're growing, because the more you grow, the more money you need and the less you can sort of rely on maybe your own personal resources. Uh, I mean, there've been others, but I'll say that's, that's number one. Cool. All right. So I'm going to quote you. <laughs> Are you, is okay. that all right? Yes, yes. Sure. Go for it. All right. So five years ago, we just actually talked about this. So you guys opened in May of 2012. So we're celebrating six years coming up in May. Correct. So yes. approximately five, five and a half years ago, you said our goals are focused around providing great fresh beer to a local market. I would like to see us expand into a larger space in the ne next five years that would allow us to incorporate a tasting room and foster a sense of community around the brewery. To me, it's safe to say you guys have accomplished these goals. No, I think that's, um, you know, I don't, I don't remember that specific quote, but that's been our driving force kind of from day one. I think we have, uh, we're on our way to achieving that if we haven't achieved that, but yep. we are, you know, we're in a space that's going to allow us room for expansion, allow us to be creative and do the things that we want to do. We have the tap room now, which has been such a great, great experience to be able to welcome people and show them what we're all about and to build that sense of community. So all of the above still true. And, um, it's good to see that we've managed to kind of keep going with yeah. that, that vision. Yeah. Um, you sent the, the, a sense of community, I think in like European countries, the a tap room or a brew pub is kind of like a meeting place, a central place. And we, we're seeing more pop up. We've got a couple in Ipswich now we have Newburyport brewing co like we have yeah, all yeah. these places that are, you have this room right here and I'm sure your idea for this room is people to rent it out for meetings and rent it out for events. Absolutely. So people can hang out. Um, why the Newburyport community though? Like why, why this area? Why did you choose it? Are you from here? Yeah, I grew up in West Newbury originally, so oh, cool. I'm, I'm pretty Pentucket. local. Yeah. Uh, moved around a little bit, yep. but, uh, you know, I live in Amesbury. Uh, you know, what really drew us to the space that we're in right now is the proximity that we have to a vibrant downtown area. Uh, commuter rail station. We also have the rail trail right out in back of our brewery. So we've got the outdoor space, the connection between the waterfront downtown, uh, the commuter rail, easy access right off the highway as well. So I think all those things come together here and we have a great, you know, local support base of folks who have been with us since 
day one, guys who are getting growlers um, at our old place in Amesbury come in here now, and it's really exciting for them to see how we've grown, and it's you know exciting for me to share the fact that they helped us get to where we are right now. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I think uh, the Newburyport community kind of needs more of this. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm yeah. hoping we can help to foster yeah, that and, yeah. and, and grow that. I, I, I think it's great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah um, absolutely. So who kind of gave you that opportunity to take it to the next level? Was there an individual or is it kind of self-motivated or, you know, someone say, Hey kid, like follow me or like, you know, you know, I learned a lot from a lot of different people. The one person that I would sort of single out would be Sean Cody, who owns uh, Cody brewing company at the time, because he really gave us the opportunity to get started without him. I don't know if we'd be where we are today. He, uh, you know, let me set up my brewing system in his brewery and basically rent that space out, uh, he, you know, I worked for him. I learned so much just by observing what was going on, uh, day to day and, and how that business was working for them. And, um, you know, I think he's the, the one that I would say I learned the most from, but there have been certainly others and it's a very, you know, it's a very generous industry in terms of people sharing knowledge and experience. What is the, uh, pipe dream beer that you want to make? Do you have a beer that, you know, you've been I want to make this, but I've just never had the opportunity or. Yeah, there are, there are a couple of styles of sour beer that we haven't been able to uh, produce yet just because of space and time constraints. And so once we have the ability to do that again, we'll start putting some stuff in barrels that will be a longer term project. Things that are going to need to. Age. Um, yeah, things that are going to need to age for a year or two. Mm-hmm. We've done some sour beer, uh, specifically beer with Britannomyces. Uh, we've done some barrel aged beers, which were, you know, really, really nice when we had the space. Again, we have the space now, so we'll start doing that stuff again. But uh, I have a, you know, a bunch of us here have a particular love for um, some of the the wilder funky sour beers and that's you know that's something that we're going to explore a little bit more very cool so you go home at night what's in your fridge for beer (laughs) uh it depends on the season the day there's usually some of our beer in there uh we might also have beer from some of our other local um you know, friends and contemporaries, um, the guys at Sylvaticus Brewing down the street from me, I know very well. Um, guys are down at uh, Gentilly Brewing in Beverly, again, some smaller local places. Allagash, I have a, a, a fondness for, certainly, um, for looking, you know, to stuff that we might get from further afield. Uh, I like some more traditional English styles of beer and some, some German stuff. So uh, it could be any, anything from like Fuller's London Pride uh, to uh, Vine Stefaner, uh, almost anything from Vine Stefaner. I think those, those, those beers are phenomenal. Uh, Ondex makes some great beers from Germany. Um, so it's kind of a, a smattering, but I like to try new things. So, yeah. you know, a lot of times we'll be given or traded beers and, you know, we'll, we'll try them out. Yeah. So in the almost six years, is there something you wish you did different? Uh, I wish we had built a tap room much, much earlier. I think that would be the main thing uh, for a lot of reasons, but the business was different when we started and, uh, you know, the space that we chose wasn't really suited for it. So, you know, that would be the, you know, that would be the one thing, but 
I'm happy with where we are now. So good. It all worked out. <laughs> all right. So you're happy where you are now. What's on the horizon for the next five years? Because someone is going to quote you in five years. And then that, so. <laughs> well, I think the next five years for us is really about maximizing what we have built now. So turning this tap room into that, you know, community hub and really making it a destination, bringing people in here, expanding the outdoor space that we have once the weather warms up and being able to, you know, kind of crank out more variety, more volume of different beers, bringing in again, those, um, some of the sour beers, barrel aged things, uh, just expanding the diversity of the lineup that we have, uh, both for the tap room and for distribution, which I think we're, you're already starting to see us do, uh, we've got 12 lines on right now in the tap room yep. and they've got a really nice kind of range of styles. So there's something for everybody. Absolutely. Uh, what is the beer that people know River Walk by? Is it the IPA? IPA is the beer that we have uh, the most kind of presence with out in the, the beer market. So I would say that's the one. Um, the Riverwalk IPA. Riverwalk IPA. We have the most draft lines. It's our number one selling beer. It was the first beer that we brewed. Uh, so I love it. <laughs> Just to let is, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I do love that. it. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's a great beer because it's very drinkable. It's, yeah. it's very drinkable. Uh, it's balanced, but it's got great hop flavor aroma. Um, you know, people try and put it in a box. Is it West coast? Is it East coast? Is it this, that, you know, I think it's a blend of that stuff. Um, so that's probably the one that most people know us by, but there's a couple others that, uh, you know, uncle Bob's has been around for a long time. Nomad. Um, we have, you know, followings for specific beers, which is kind of cool. So blackberry Porter, is it making a blackberry Porter? Uh, <laughs> it's like my, that's my favorite. Like, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not the, fir- you're not the first person to ask that. And that, if we bring that back, which we probably will, uh, is going to be a, an early fall release because we like to time it with uh, blackberry season, of course, essentially. Yeah. So yeah. September, I would say, look for that. Yes. Do you guys do a lot of local? Like we do get local blackberries when you do, yeah, uh, you know, local blackberries are tough. We were doing that, but as soon as you get into bigger batches, it becomes much more difficult to manage. But we use a lot of local ingredients when we can. We've used hops from uh, Merrimack. Uh, we've used hops from Western Mass. We have um, a beer we do every year called Farm to Kettle that uses fresh grown hops that we usually drive out and pick up and put in the kettle that day. Uh, we have um, uh, another series of beers that we've been doing with local ingredients. Uh, a beer we have on right now is called Golden Axe. was brewed with 100% main grown and malted malt, uh, which is a Vienna-style malt from a malt house called Blue Ox in Lisbon Falls, Maine. Cool. Yeah. Excellent. All right. So a couple of like, cliche questions. <laughs> what, are you most, what are you most proud of here? It doesn't have to be Riverwalk. It could be anything. I'm most proud of the team that we've put together uh, because these guys and the men and women, I shouldn't, I shouldn't use the term guys, uh, the, the the crew that we have is fantastic and they really have, you know, gotten us to where we are right now. And we're, you know, we're a tight team and, um, everybody has the passion and the drive and wants to make, you know, the best beer that they can make and give people the best experience. So cool. Do you have any cool beer releases coming up? 
Uh, we've got a few, yeah. Um, you know, we just released a Zaka bus, which right. is uh, here in the tap room only. Um, we've got a couple of things coming down the pike that I can't really talk about, but you will see cans of Tri-Coastal starting to make an appearance in February, which I'm really excited about. Uh, that's a great beer that we haven't really been able to distribute much yet. Uh, and we also have Screen Door coming back at the beginning of April. And Screen Door will be in a 16-ounce can this year. Oh, perfect. So yes. more Screen yes. Door. So you guys doing fours? Or are you going to do six? We're going to do fours on yeah. that. Very yeah. good. Very good. That's, that's what people are looking for. And It is. I, I like the four-pack. I, I do. It's a great It's a great size. I like that, you know, especially for a beer like that, 16 ounces of Screen Door is, is right on for yep. me. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So do you have any events going on in mid-February to early March? We will be at the Drink Craft Beer Beer and Cheese Festival, which I believe is in early March. We have the, um, I'm trying to think what we have here in the tap room for February. Uh, there are a couple of smaller events going on here that uh, I believe are on our events calendar on our website. Perfect. Uh, so I would, ch- I would check there. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, cool. So that's a perfect segue. Where social media plugs All and website. Right, here Tell it us is. where you're at. Riverwalkbrewing.com is the easiest way to keep in touch with everything that we're doing. You can see what beers are on in the tap room, events we're doing, anything else about the brewery. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever your favorite social media platforms may be. But I would recommend you come to the tap room, 40 Parker Street in Newburyport. Open Wednesday through Sunday, uh, 12 to 10. Uh, Sunday we're open a little earlier, eleven to seven. Are you allowed to bring food? You are not. All right. Hey, but that's you a question. Don't, you know what? But you don't need to because we have a kitchen and we have food available. Here. Oh, I love it. See, so that is perfect. Excellent, Steve. Thank you so much, Matt. Thank you. Appreciate you coming down. Oh, no problem. Yeah, we'll have to catch up again in the summer. All right. Sounds All right. good. Awesome. On next week's episode, well, I can do this. I can do this. I can. I can tape boxes and I can lift cases and I can learn how to run machinery and, you know, learn the process of working in a brewery and the whole thing that it goes through. So I did, you know, I did the whole bottling and cellaring aspect for uh, a year and change before I was even allowed to touch anything in the brew house. Um, so, so yeah, so then I, then I learned how to brew, like really brew. Home brewing has, you can learn a lot by home brewing, but I feel like nothing prepares you for operating a production brewery than working in a production brewery. That's, for me, that was the best way, that was the only way to learn.